According to an article published in USA Today in 2018, humans will absolutely one day live on Mars. NASA's chief scientist, Jim Green, is quoted as saying, now we see Mars as even a better location for having past life. It's just getting better and better. But how likely is this? Will our children's children's children vacation on Earth before returning home to Mars? The Earth is undoubtedly becoming less hospitable over the years, and whilst in an extreme solution, it is just one solution. Today we are going to try to begin to get to the bottom of this by featuring two interviews from Ms. Ramson and Mr. Lappin. Okay, so since we're on the topic about humans settling on different planets, and the one we're looking currently at is Mars, what are your current thoughts on that? Alright, so when it comes to setting up colonies on a planet like Mars, we really have to ask what is the intent of the colony? What's its function? What are we trying to do with it? Uh, if it's meant to transform Mars into an alternative planet you know, to Earth, so where we're going to shuffle off millions if not billions of our population, it's a situation that we really can't entertain at this point because the technology that would be required to terraform a planet like Mars, to give it a atmosphere that would be hospitable to human life, uh, we're still looking at science fiction levels of technology and energy output to make that happen. Uh, the most feasible colony would be something on the more scientific, oriented around a scientific mission, but we'd be talking about uh, inflatable pressurized shelters, very small population, and the people who were there would have to accept that it's very likely a one-way trip. Uh, if we were to relocate to another planet, how do you think um, Mars would be governed? That is the tricky part because at current, uh, 111 nations on Earth are signatories to a space treaty uh, that was established in 1967. And one of the key components of that treaty is these nations gave up any, any right to claim sovereignty over space or any celestial body therein. So, I mean, that's why, you know, the Americans got to the moon, but the moon does not belong to the states. Uh, so no nation can actually just go to Mars and say, this is our, ours now without violating that treaty. Uh, any colony that would be established would likely have to be done so, so in the same guise that, say, the International Space Station is governed, or if it was established by a private company like SpaceX, it's likely, though the United States would not be able to claim sovereignty since a lot of those employees would be U.S. citizens, uh, U.S. law would become de facto, uh, the, the de facto system on Mars rather than the de jure system. Uh, but again, it really depends what company or what organization gets there. Do you think there would any be, need to be any special like laws or rules to ensure life on Mars stays there? Uh, given how inhospitable the Martian environment is right now to human life, for any colony to have a chance of survival, everything is going to need to be tightly regimented. Uh, this isn't just the day-to-day -day routines that would take place in the colony, but it would even involve selection of the people who go up there. Everyone would need to be serving a role. Uh, survival would actually prohibit just recruiting a bunch of adventurers, like when you think back on human history in the age of sail, the 15 and 1600s, when Europe really started to stretch its legs and send out uh, its feelers across the world, uh, a lot of those guys were just adventurers. They were looking for, you know, a bit of gold or a way to put their names in the history books, but they weren't leaving the planet. You know, they were just finding new places to walk and claim. With Mars, 
that freedom is not there. You can't go outside the module, you will die. So everyone needs to have a role, everything's going to be strictly governed, and the people who go not only have to fit into their role almost perfectly, they're also going to need to be ridiculously physically fit because of the effect gravity is going to have on them. Uh, they're going to have to have really robust psychological profiles because we're talking a transit time at minimum going to Mars of 6 to 11 months depending on what trajectory they take. And then once they're there, it's a small group of people in very tight confines with no chance of going outside, potentially for the rest of their lives. So, so just one last question. Since we're talking about Mars and how you're saying that, the people going there are just... Their goal is to survive as opposed to live there comfortably. How long would you think it would take for our lifestyle here on Earth to be transferred onto Mars? In order for our current lifestyle to be transferred onto Mars, Mars would have to boast an environment similar to Earth's. And again, that brings us back to the topic of terraforming, which there are potential avenues to do it, but currently with the limitations of our technology and energy output, it's not a near or middle future thing. It's very much a far future thing. I think it's, uh, was it in order to produce the energy to give Mars an atmosphere hospitable to human life, the energy requirements would at minimum require, was it uh, like 10, well, one to 10 million cold fusion reactors, which don't exist yet. And until that happens, we're not gonna see Earth-type life lifestyles on Mars. It's going to be something very new, very strict, and depending on your perspective, it might even seem dystopian with how regimented and structured everything has to be simply to survive. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Since one topic that many people talk about are people living on Mars and moving away from Earth. Can you tell me your thoughts on this situation? Absolutely. I think it's a really interesting topic to explore uh, with Earth and everything that's going on here. It's always interesting to take a look and see, are there other planets out there in the solar system that we could inhabit? Uh, and I think there is a possibility with Mars. I think there's a lot of work that has to be done. It's definitely not similar to Earth. Um, but with it being one of the closer planets to Earth, uh, it makes the most sense that that's the one that we would consider uh, if we were going to inhabit uh, another planet. Um, some of the issues when you look at, at Mars are things like uh, the temperature range is different than here on Earth. Um, there's no magnetic field, which we would have to consider, and therefore the sun's radiation uh, would be an issue. Uh, also things like the atmosphere there. Uh, so it's 95% carbon dioxide, uh, and that would be a big barrier uh, to humans living on Mars. But even with all these uh, potential barriers, I think it's definitely a possibility one day um, with the right technology. Okay, so because right now we're looking at the comparison between Earth and Mars, what are the main points on Earth that make it different from Mars? Mainly on that that supports life, like water, terrain, stuff like that. Awesome. So... Earth is one of the only planets that we know of right now that supports life, and it's literally designed perfectly to support life. Uh, so one of the big things that Earth has uh, is it has oxygen in its atmosphere. It has about 20% oxygen, uh, and that's necessary for human life uh, because obviously we need oxygen to do cellular respiration, which creates the energy for us to live. 
Uh, the other main piece is Earth has liquid water. And it's really key that that water is in that liquid form because we need the water for our body uh, in order to survive, but also water is a huge uh, important piece when it comes to farming our food um, and growing things that we need from a food perspective as well. Uh, and it's key that it's in that liquid form because uh, it's easier for us to work with. We can't uh, just sprinkle ice <laughs> on things and hope that it works out. Um, the other piece we looked at, as I said, was, uh, was food. And so Earth uh, is able to sustain not only uh, animal life, but also plant life that we can use um, to sustain ourselves. And then the other piece that's mandatory for human life, or at least for humans to survive, um, would be shelter. And so here on Earth, um, we're able, we have the resources to build uh, shelters that we would need, things like homes. So we have resources such as wood, uh, we can make metal, um, all of those pieces to help us build a shelter and um, protect us from the elements. Okay, since we're trying to make life more sustainable on Mars, what would be our first steps to do on Mars if we were ever to plan to live there? Awesome. Um, it would definitely be a journey that would happen in multiple stages. Um, the first stages, I would say, is actually getting humans to Mars. Um, at the closest points when their um, orbits line up, it would take about uh, six to eight months, somewhere in that range, uh, for humans to actually get there. So obviously we'd have to figure out how do we um, have humans traveling in a spacecraft for six to eight months, and then once we actually get to Mars, um, they would have to build some sort of shelter and they would have to bring those materials with them. And so that's a huge consideration um, when it comes to the weight of the spacecraft and, and what materials do you bring? Do you bring a 3D printer and you print some materials when you're there? Um, there's lots of considerations. And so that's building that shelter piece. The other piece is that since Mars is 95% is carbon dioxide, uh, we as humans are not gonna be able to just walk around on Mars uh, and, and breathe normally. So we'll have to have some sort of suit um, where oxygen is able to be pumped through that suit so that we're actually able to breathe. Uh, or we would build a shelter and we could pump oxygen within that shelter and then we wouldn't need uh, that suit. Uh, food, which is our other need for survival. Um, I think the first, when we first get up there, we're not going to be able to terraform or farm Mars. I think the the starting points would be things like um, having a science, like a lab, kind of a science lab and growing um, lettuces or things like that. Um, kind of like a greenhouse. Uh, and so being able to kind of grow food like that. Um, but I think also at the start, we would have to bring a lot of food, dehydrated food, things like that from, uh, from Earth. And then water. <laughs> That's the other big one. So I think the, um, wherever we inhabit on Mars will have to be uh, close to the poles because at the poles they've found solid water. Uh, and so in ice form. And uh, we would have to somehow be able to, to melt that um, in order for us to have liquid water because that is necessary for survival. Um, and then the hope would be that in, in further stages, we'd be able to build larger shelters. Um, there is the potential that we could uh, terraform or farm on Mars, um, but we'd have to consider uh, the soil doesn't have any organic matter in it. Right now, AKA dead plants and animals uh, that we know of and looking at it, there are some toxic substances in it. So we'd have to actually detoxify the soil first um, it's not impossible, but it would definitely take some time for sure. Okay. So, because on a, on a matter of speaking of life and farming, would there be any animals or bacteria we would have to introduce to the ecosystem to make it prosper? Awesome. Um, I think it's actually the really interesting part when you talk about um, 
bacteria or things like that or microbes, we have to be really careful that we don't bring anything from Earth to Mars because then we might think, oh, we've discovered something on Mars, but really we just brought it from Earth. Um, but things that would make it more beneficial, um, I think we would have to bring plants uh, from Earth to Mars uh, to first terraform it, or at the very least seeds. And uh, it'd be interesting if we brought plants and things like that from Earth. Again, it's a six month, eight month journey to Mars. So how are we gonna keep those plants or things alive in order for us to actually terraform Mars? So I think the key thing would be um, seeds uh, and things like that in order to hopefully um, be able to grow some plants. And then if we're looking at animals, I mean, I think that's a, a ways off, but uh, you'd have to look for animals that maybe don't need the same number of resources that we need here in, uh, or on Earth. Uh, when we look at cows and things like that, they need wide open spaces, they need lots of grass, which takes a lot of water, so it takes a lot of resources. So I don't think we would necessarily uh, bring the livestock that we know of today. We'd have to look at potentially other um, animals uh, that maybe don't need as many resources. Okay, so just the last question here is, I know one of the biggest topics is in outer space there's less gravity. Uh, how would that affect us living there or how would that affect the life we bring such as plants? Awesome question. Um, people are trying to simulate that uh, in labs right now because we don't know all of the answers. Um, from a human physiological point of view, um, less gravity will cause us to actually grow a little bit because the spaces between your vertebrae will actually become larger. So you'll actually become a bit taller if there's less gravity. Um, but it'll also redistribute your uh, blood volume uh, into weird ways. So your bodies can kind of look a little bit more um, bizarre. We obviously wouldn't have uh, as much gravity. And so um, bone mineral density would decrease. So if we came back from Mars to Earth, um, we would definitely have some issues uh, being able to stand, being able to walk. But if we were to stay on Mars, I think our bodies would evolve and would adapt uh, to that environment. Uh, when we're considering plants, um, it's interesting because plants on Earth are used to growing against gravity. Uh, and so uh, they have developed uh, things like vascular tissue uh, to make sure that they actually are able to grow nice and tall like the trees that we see. So it'd be interesting to see uh, on Mars, I think gravity would actually be potentially beneficial to plants because uh, they have less of a force that they're growing against. And so there is the potential that they could um, uh, grow at a faster rate potentially or grow a little bit taller. Um, but that's things that we're still looking into. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Awesome. Now we've heard from our guests. Us three are back together and we're going to discuss the results. So I believe that mm, the human settling on Mars is definitely interesting and then it's something we should look into due to Earth becoming less hospitable and then there's rapid amounts of pollution and also rapid amounts of population growth. So life on Mars would definitely be really crucial or life somewhere else than Earth because I believe the Earth in the near future, well, not near future, but in the future will not be able to sustain human life as humans are gradually requiring more and more of Earth's resources. So what do you think about that, Dylan? Well, I think that while living on Mars, it would be amazing. It should not be looked at as an alternative to trying to help Earth. Uh, like renewable energy, cutting CO2 emissions, everything along those lines is so much more important and effective than trying to transfer all of humanity to, to Mars when Earth becomes inhospitable. So 
and then we'll have the same problem again if like we make mars inhospi- inhospitable after we go there so if we're going to ever try to get onto mars we should try to find a way to make life renewable on earth first uh, definitely because we need to make since the technology required to go to go to mars is definitely out of our reach currently so maybe just like reusable materials or like less pol- pollutants like using plastic and stuff like that that would definitely make earth last longer so, yeah and um like what um mr lapin said how um being able to properly terraform mars is so such a far future like idea that it probably would be a lot more realistic that we're able to come up with solutions to earth's current problems before we can come up with solutions to terraforming mars in both cases the concepts are very basic terraforming is not a massively advanced concept and neither is cutting co2 emissions and similar things we need to do on earth but the scale is just so massive for both that we're having we're encountering huge problems trying to do it okay so since we've been talking about earth so much we have to shift back to the topic of mars and how let's say life on mars and how you need water and resources stuff like that and how one of the biggest factors is how mars has frozen water instead of liquid water so tate what do you think about that i think the um thought of um frozen water on mars is very promising that it would be more possible to terraform mars into a livable planet than say like venus Uh, what are your thoughts, Dylan? Well, terraforming Venus would be a problem because for multiple reasons, but uh, terraforming Mars using the water there, the reason for the water is so that we can get oxygen and so we can breathe. Uh, water is essential to life for the reason that it is used for plants and plants make oxygen. Also electrolysis for oxygen, but we need it to breathe. If it, we cannot get access to it or we cannot melt it, we will not be able to live on Mars. Yeah, it's just like as Mr. Ramsen said, and that liquid water is a necessity for us to live because liquid water is basically the only way we can efficiently use water and then therefore letting us to survive on Mars. But what do you guys think about um, the first steps to Mars and how Mr. Lapin talked about governing and how if it's the nations going, there's not a decisive person that's going to own land on Mars. But how about like private companies such as SpaceX? What do you guys think about that? Well, from what I, rem- from what I remember, uh, there are trees in place for the moon already, which say no individual can actually hold, no individual or organization or government or anything can hold property on the moon. The moon is everyone's property. And Someone that got for Mars, uh, if we actually go to Mars, is not going to last particularly long. Uh, it'll bring up lots of conflict if we get something like that in place. So I don't have a solution to list myself, um, and I'd be wondering if you, if anyone, have, if any of you had one. Well, um, I remember um, Mr. Lappin said that the um, the moon, the moon, the treaty covering um, space exploration and like claiming newfound lands was um, it only applied to countries. So corporations would be able to claim land, but would, would if they were to claim that land as their own, would that not like make them a country almost? So I don't know if it would, it would probably have to be adjusted to include 
private entities and individuals. Yeah, I believe that the treaty has to be re just updated because it's been quite a while. And then for now, space travel to Mars and living on there is definitely quite out of reach. But in the future, I don't believe it will need to be updated to many of the small details that are involved. Um, so uh, one, one of the topics that Mr. Lappin brought up was how um, live, life on Mars would be less of living and more of just a pure fight for survival and how that could affect people's psyche, how we have to approach the entire Mars mission and other such topics. Uh, yes, definitely, because he, Mr. Lappin also talked about how many of the people had to have very various amounts of tests saying that they are suited to be in this environment. They have to be built for the job because if something happened to any one of them, the entire system on, let's say a foreign planet would be ruined because there'd be one person missing and then there'd be gaps here and there. How about you, Dylan? Yeah, well, I agree with all of that. And having such massive problems with the social structure, or well, not, not problems per se, but more just being so unstable and easy, and easy to upset, might lead to political problems as well. If, say, like the head of the base died, now what, what do you do? Who becomes the leader? How does all this work? There's so much you'd have to work out before any of this would ever go through. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing I believe that was mentioned was that how there is a it's just a one-way trip to Mars. There's no way of coming back. And then people that go there really need to prepare themselves, saying that there's no looking back. There's nothing left for you except for your one trip, one-way trip to Mars. So I feel like this is definitely an issue. And because there's also a long travel time from Earth to Mars approximately of eight months. And then how the second they get there, it's hard to get help and it's hard to survive. All right, that was a lot of information from our interviews. We also got to hear various opinions on the topic of life on Mars and humans going to Mars. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And that's all for today.